Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Dan and Matt this week. Ryan is away. He's celebrating the holiday weekend, and hopefully his dynasty rosters are advancing to championship week. Matt, I had a really bummer of a bummer opening round of the playoffs and got bounced in almost every league. Had a couple of buys and one more team that did squeak through last week. Those two teams uh, that were on buy are going to split the team that made it. Uh, so one win and one loss, it looks like. And the, the team that made it through is very questionable. We'll see how Monday, Monday <laughs> afternoon, Monday late afternoon, Monday night football treats me. So not not the best of dynasty seasons, honestly. 13 teams, 12 in the playoffs, only three left going into semifinal weekend and and maybe only one going into the finals. That That's not usually a celebration. Although my most important league, my home league with all my boys, that's the one it looks like I'm in pretty good shape in. So that's good. How about you? Hey. hey, listen, you know, when you can have bragging rights with people that you live by, close friends that you uh, know in, in person and see regularly, that's the best kind of, of exactly. championship to win. So wish you luck luck there. Um, yeah, this was a rough week. I got, I think I had eight out of 10 playoff teams, four got through last week, and I think I'm going to get hopefully two, but let's. It, it might be one. We're going to talk about some players here that – uh I ran into. Yeah, I often got, say, like, if I'm, I got Cooper, I got Flacco, and I got Brees. I got, uh, but I, I, I don't know how about you, how you feel about this, but I often like during the regular season anyway. Like, I, I like to have a, like if I'm going to lose a game, I want it to be, I just want to be blown out and not because I made a bad lineup decision and you know I lost yep. by a couple points or something like that. Uh, but when you've been driving all day and then you check your scores when you get there and you see Cooper and Flacco have like 100 points, just the two of them, and you have no chance after the first set of games when you haven't been to the watch football all day, man, that's I, I will say that's that's my new least favorite thing. Yeah, the holidays are great. It's always nice to see family and see friends and uh, catch up. But this this like great weekend of football, the Thursday action, all that Saturday, those Saturday games, Sunday, of course, loaded with NFL football games. And then the three days, three games on Monday night. That all sounds great. But when you got to pack in for me, bad weather, we're, we're going to be traveling through some <laughs> through some blizzard conditions on top of like some of the stress that goes along with seeing family. I just want to sit and watch football and watch my fantasy teams win. And, and none of that is happening, really. Yeah, it, 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 like the most stressful time of year in your personal life. And like you have a bad fantasy day. Like, you know, it, I, I think it affects me a lot less than it used to. But still, like it, it, it doesn't put you in a good mood when you see right. uh, you see those kind of performances, right? So, Well, yeah, we hope all of you out there are having a great holiday, enjoying the football, definitely. enjoying the great food, and... Uh, and friends and family as well. We got a lot to get to on the show. We are recording on Sunday evening. So we haven't gotten to Sunday night football and we won't be commenting on anything that happens uh, on Monday either because uh, the DeLorean's in the shop. So can't get to all that stuff just yet. <laughs> uh, lots to talk to th on this episode though. We're going to talk about some of the biggest week 16 performers, performers and what's ahead for their dynasty values. That'll be a fun conversation for Matt and myself. We're also going to talk New Year's Dynasty resolutions. Looking forward to that. And we have a good startup conversation coming up as well. But first, I got to mention that this episode of the pod is brought to you once again by League Tycoon. And if you guys are sick of hearing me talk about League Tycoon, 
Uh, it's probably because you haven't gone and checked it out yourself and you really need to. In fact, I'm not going to, I'm not going to re read the read this week. I'm going to tell you about a, uh, an article that I wrote over at dynastyleaguefootball.com. I pretty much walked you guys through everything that's happened to this point and then foreshadowed what to, ex what we're expecting over on in our league tycoon league this off season. There's so many great things happening over there. They make it so much, so easy for dynasty managers as well as commissioners. I can't tell you how impressed I am with how easy it is to change, tweak these settings to make it as dynasty centric as you want or make it kind of like a redraft league. You can you can lower the roster size, you can you can add a lot of funds to salary caps to make it easy to pick up players throughout the season. It's kind of intense to be honest with you. It, it it's a little overwhelming to think all the options that you can set up a league as. But it, that, all those customizations make it so easy and so much fun. I love my League Tycoon League. Unfortunately, I just missed the playoffs in that league. I can't wait to get back to it this offseason. We got to set dynasty or franchise players. We're going to give new contracts. It's, it's contract league. It's a salary cap league. But our league is a lot like Dynasty. Big rosters and uh, a lot of decisions to make every single offseason. The most fun part is here to come. There are going to be good players in a free agent auction every single year, as well as that rookie draft that we all look forward to. So go to leaguetycoon.com to get more information and download the app, which is awesome, by the way. And if you use the promo code DLF when creating your league, your first year is absolutely free. Also check out that article on DLF. You can uh, just search for League Tycoon and that article will come up. You can check out uh, what I like so much about their platform. The startup. Matt, we're getting close to, to dynasty season, right? It's going to be draft season soon. We're going to talk about all these players. And, and if you if you flash back to last year's draft when Bryce Young was picked number one overall, there were there were high hopes, certainly among Panthers fans, but app absolutely among dynasty players as well. He was a high pick in super flex leagues in particular. And it's been a rough go, but he had his first. 20 point fantasy performance of the season on Sunday versus Green Bay. I guess that's in four point touchdown pass leagues. He also had a three touchdown game earlier this year, but those, those big games have come few and far between 23 of 35 against the Packers, 312 yards and two touchdowns also added 17 yards on the ground. So it wasn't only his first 300 yard game, Matt also his first game over 250 yards. So if you have Bryce Young in a super flex league, how, how do you really feel about his dynasty value entering this offseason? Um, I, th I think I'm still optimistic. You know, it's nice to get this kind of yeah. performance at the end of the end of the season here. Um, I, I mean, I I took him every single time over over CJ Stroud, which would obviously a mistake in, in retrospect. Right. But he uh, he ended up in a. I mean, I, it's hard to say it's a worse situation, given what we thought about both of these teams. And um you know, in the, in the preseason and in, in the off season, we both thought the, these, both of these teams were going to be pretty bad. turns out Houston, not so bad. Some players have stepped up for them, but you know, I, I just think that even for, even at that juncture, we kind of thought that that Carolina was, was a much more talent poor kind of offense. So anything Bryce Young was going to do this season, we were going to have to, um, 
we were going to have to kind of kind of swallow, so to speak, with 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 uh, some of the bad performances. He just doesn't have anything. Like his best weapon is a, you know, th- what is it, 33, 34 year old Adam Thielen, and you know, give hats off to Thielen for what he did earlier this season and all of that. But I just don't think it was enough around him. Mm-hmm. The offensive line has been pretty poor. Um, so like. You know, but that said, you know, there were some negative things too. Like I didn't care about the size at all entering, entering the league, but then you saw him get dragged down by like a finger and makes something like a, like one lineman gets a finger in his jersey and he just, you know, falls down. So there are still some concerns, but I have my quarterback 15 right now. Um, I think that's, that's pretty fair. He's right behind uh, Brock Purdy, Ju- you know, Justin Field, Dak Prescott, that kind of group. And just ahead of guys like Jason Watson, and Geno Smith, Jared Goff. So it's kind of a little bit of a hedge. He should probably be either they're much lower than that or much higher than that. Um, but you know, this, this is a, this is a player that's going to have job security, I would say for at least the next two seasons. So just because of that, I think he's, you know, he's, he's in that mid quarterback two range and it's difficult for me to put him too much lower than that. Yeah. It's hard to put him lower than that, but it's also hard to click on his name in a starting lineup throughout oh, for the rookie sure. season. And we're for all, sure. we're all looking forward to year two. Hope he takes that step forward. Hopefully the Panthers get some stability in their front office and on the sideline to, to give this kid a chance. But at quarterback 16 in the most recent Superflex ADP 35 overall, Matt, investing a third round pick on your second quarterback and it being Bryce Young, it doesn't feel real good when, you know, a round later, round and a half later, you can get Jordan Love. Even a couple rounds after that, you can go after that that older tier of quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, those type of players. Matthew Stafford's even farther down the list. Daniel Jones is down there as well. If you're sitting there in round three and maybe you took that elite wide receiver in round at the end of round one, round two, early round two, and you got to get QB two, are, are you looking towards... Uh, Bryce Young, or are you going to pivot to another position and then get one of those other guys later in the draft? Um, You know, I think it just, I think that that's going to determine your build that pick, right? It's one of those picks where like, you know, if in the end of the first round, second round, you take a running back, you know, that maybe is, (laughs) you probably maybe shouldn't have, or maybe even somebody like Tyreek Hill, something like that, or, you know, he's going to produce year one. Um, they kind of kind of dictate your draft, really. And I think a picking picking guy like Bryce Young in that range, in that second round range, is is probably about about the same. Like it, I think there are ways out of it, right? Like you take you there's there's often cases where we take the young guys early, and then we know we can get the veteran producers late. So you know, if you take them in that range, I think you're probably doing that. You're taking him to just kind of see what happens. You're taking him based on the draft capital, the talent that we knows he had, know he has, but you're probably not planning on starting him right away. Um, so you're going through a different kind of build. Maybe you can piece together a, a year one contender with some veteran quarterbacks around him, a couple of couple, two or three of those guys. Uh, and, you know, maybe he does catch fire and does start for you at some point that season. But if you take Bryce Young, I just I, I feel like you're probably going down a certain certain kind of build. Uh, and that's totally fine. I think he's I think he's I think that's where you have to take him if you want him. Just keep in mind that, you know, you're gonna, obviously you're going to have to do something either in terms of you're going to tank year one or you're going to backfill that position through trading or taking uh, shots on on deep guys later. And maybe you're just even backfilling with, you know, waiver wire quarterbacks that seem to work out this year. It's reasonable to to think maybe you get one of those other quarterbacks uh, that were in the 23 draft Stroud or Anthony Richardson towards the end of round one. And maybe you come back with either CD lamb or AJ Brown in round two. That's certainly something that could happen. And maybe, maybe you're hoping for a little better quarterback to last you. Maybe, maybe, Oh, maybe Brock Purdy will last to me that those kinds of things probably aren't happening. You're, you're like, if it's me, 
I'm going to pivot to another position in round three, build a, build a young core still and probably find that QB two, especially if I do get one of those really young, uh, potentially elite quarterbacks in round one, find that veteran quarterback two and go on from there. I'm, I'm a little scared of Bryce Young and the size that you mentioned is probably the main reason. There were too many throws, even in his best game against the Packers on Sunday, that he just missed, just airmailed a throw because he gets a little pressure in his face, something he didn't have to deal with a lot in college. You see that regularly now. I think of his first 10 or 12 throws, he missed high four times. And that's a, that's a problem with protection, of course, but it's also a Bryce Young problem because he's a smaller stature guy and it's harder for him to see over those big guys up front. He's missing high and that, that those he's lucky those don't throw turn into picks, those throws uh, as many as they could. You know, it, it's interesting. It's like one of the things that I liked about Bryce Young and, and really liked more about him than CJ Stroud in the when we were doing our evaluation of of these players was was that pocket awareness that Bryce Young had. You know, he had this ability to like sense pressure, especially from up the middle. Yeah, showed escape ability and that improvisation improvisation skills that he could show on the run. Even with even in his final season when he had you know less than less than three first round NFL wide receivers at his disposal, right? When he had much less, much uh, less weapons. That's one of the reasons why I thought Carolina, you know, he's, he's, he's used to playing with a little bit lower quality of receiver. Maybe it'll work out. Um, but we've seen it. We've seen in, in the NFL now that he has some of that. I don't want to say he sees ghosts. He's certainly like not Blaine Gabbard or something like that. who falls down as soon as he sees pressure. Um, but we have seen that pressure really affect him. Uh, in his rookie season. So I'm hoping it's a, a lot of it is just, he's not comfortable with his line. He doesn't trust his line. And that's, that's, that's the difference. He played with those Alabama guys for several seasons. He has one season with these guys and, you know, maybe, maybe half of them aren't even there next season. So we'll see what happens at that point. But that is one thing that's very concerning is that that pocket awareness just doesn't seem as, as uh, on display in the NFL and in, in the early part of his career. Yeah, it hasn't been a strength like it was in his college career. I am I'm gonna reserve judgment though. I, I wanna I wanna hold back and say I I wanna be able to change my mind in the offseason, depending on what coach they they bring in. If innovative and, and could create opportunities for young, I might flip back to what I thought about young. I was a Stroud guy, as our listeners know. But that didn't mean I didn't like Young at all. I still like that player and still think that that there's potential there. He just hasn't shown enough of it so far as a rookie. I, I think he's a I think he's a buy in uh, in the off season. Um, okay. Uh, I, I think I would rather. I think I would rather buy through the trade market than I would to to spend that third round draft capital on him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair for sure. We got a we got a whole bunch of big time semifinal performances to get to, so let's hit the button. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. We got some players that look like they're about to help you win your league or at least help you win this week. So let's play a little buy, sell, and some hold uh, with some of the week's 16 superstar performers. And we got to start at the top. We mentioned his name earlier, Amari Cooper. 11 for 265 and two touchdowns on 15 Joe Flacco targets in the win versus Houston on Sunday, Matt. He was awesome. In fact, he set 
the record for the Browns. Most most pat, uh, receiving yards in a game beat Josh Gordon's record by a few yards. He was four for 109 and a late touchdown against Chicago in that win last week. 37 targets over the last three weeks. All of those targets from Joe Flacco since he's taken over under center. Cooper's going to turn 30 in the offseason, Matt. And his big game Sunday makes him a top 20 fantasy wide receiver on the season. So the wide receiver 43 in December ADP at 91 overall. You're not going to get more than a second round pick for Amari on the trade market in the offseason. In fact, that might even be a pipe dream. Are you buying, selling, or holding Cooper if you're a contender and second round pick is on the board mid-second? I think he's a hold. He's he's at this point, I think in his career, he's going to be more valuable on as long as you're contending. Let's say let's like, yeah. you know, it always depends, of course. But, um, you know, I just think he's he's become one of these players that's going to be more valuable on your roster than than he is for that second round pick. You know, maybe you ha- you're in a spot in your rookie draft, like on the clock, there's a player that you want and and, uh, you know, you can you can you can ship him for that at that point. But uh, in general, I think he's a hold. I don't think I'm buying or, or selling him this this offseason. We just, I mean, there's just too. I think there's just too many questions in Cleveland right now. It, it, we assume it's going to be Deshaun Watson again. He's probably has to be with that contract. It doesn't really seem like the two of them have really got on the same page that much. And he he's going to pop up for big games like this. He's going to have. He's going to probably average like ten to fourteen points a game in general. And he's going to be a fine asset for you. But I, I just I don't I'm not sure that I. Uh, want to let that go for a second if I'm contending, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I do either. I can see teams that if you're totally honest with your team and you say, man, I'm really the fourth or fifth best team. I'm, I'm certainly a playoff contender, but maybe not a league winning contender. I could see taking that second rounder if it's in the mid second, that late second <laughs> round pick that probably scares me off though. And if you're buying somebody in that price range, like, I mean, I don't know that they're going to get there, but you know, we're, we've got Devontae Adams is going to be 31, I believe. Can you get him for a second? Would you rather? Have, I'd probably rather have Devontae Adams than, than Amari Cooper. Yeah, he's, for he'd probably be a price. second plus, right? Adams yeah, it could be like a second, whatever, other... second, third, whatever it is, you know? Like, yeah. Um, you know, Stephon Diggs, like, I, I, I tried I tried to buy him. This is going to be part of my New Year's resolutions later in the show. But, you know, I tried to buy him for like a late first, and I'm glad that I didn't now. Um, they wanted yeah. two first. Is he a guy you can get for an early second? you know, middle Probably of next not. season. No. Okay. Well, I don't think so. I'm not paying a first for him. <laughs> I would definitely. <laughs> and, pay I, I, and I'm probably not paying. Time. And I'm probably not paying an early second for Cooper either. Uh, how about Brees Hall? Uh, he's, he might not help anybody win a championship <sighs> because he's been slumping throughout the season, but Brees looked like, like Brees uh, in the Jets last second win over Washington on Sunday, 20 carries for 95 yards and two scores on the ground. He added 12 catches for 96 yards on 16 targets through the air. 41.6 PPR fantasy points, RB1 type stuff. If you happen to be alive and playing Brees, he's he's almost a, a meal ticket to the championship round. Hall's fallen to RB4 in December ADP, Matt. Uh, but he showed exactly what why he belongs in the first round in startups. Um uh, this uh, this week. So are you buying or selling Brees as a top three dynasty RB this offseason? 
I think I've got him at four, so that's you know close enough. So yeah, I mean, as long as you have a quarterback that can only throw it to short checkdown stuff to running backs, he's he looks great, right? So we'll see what he does with Rodgers next year. You have to assume that this whole offense is going to get upgraded if that whole situation works out. Um, I'd probably still have him behind Bijan and Jameer Gibbs at the very least. I I, I think you could probably throw uh a in there if you wanted to i know he's slumped a little bit uh, after that injury um, but he's right in that conversation that he's at, he's he, he's at five at the absolute like you know the the, the bargain basement prices that rb5 I, I would say um but yeah i absolutely I, I don't know that i'm paying that that price tag that it takes to acquire him um you know in the trade market i think it's a, you know it's probably too mid to early first and you know, I, 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 it's it's tough at this point to really pay that much for any running back. Uh, so, it, but if you're going to buy one, it's Brees or or one of the other guys I mentioned. Yeah, I'm buying him as a top three running back. The the rookie class doesn't have a Bijan Robinson in it, although the, no, it's, good point. it's full of talent. There there are there are guys that can be could be values actually in rookie drafts this off season, but. I, I have him locked in at number three behind those two young guys. I don't have A-chan above him at all. What did you make of the news this week in New York that head coach Robert Sala, GM Joe Douglas, that sounds like they're going to get another year, Woody Johnson says. Does does that help or hurt guys like Brees and Garrett Wilson? I, I think it helps. Um, Me too. You know, I think you, I think it helps. I, I think Rob. I don't think any of this stuff is Robert Sala's fault. I mean, there were rumors at draft time that he did not want to take Zach Wilson, so like he that was kind of that situation was forced at him. He made it on, on him. He made a move to to get a player that he thought he could win with, and that didn't work out because of injury. So I think it's fair. I don't. I, I mean, I, I think that if Sala was fired, he would have he would be one of the first coaches hired in the next next hiring wave. So I, I absolutely support that. Let's pivot to George Pickens. On Saturday, he was he did what is he what he seems to do sometimes. He makes big plays, <laughs> 195 yards and two touchdowns on just four catches and only six targets. 35 and a half PPR fantasy points. Top three wide receiver on the week, most likely coming in at wide receiver two so far. Uh, Matt, after such an up and down season and some big red flags regarding his motor on the field. Are you still buying George Pickens as a top 24 dynasty wide receiver? He's currently wide receiver 31 and 56 overall. Uh, let me see. I have to check where I have him. I don't think I have him in the top 24, probably in the, I would say in the top 36 for sure. And unlike I, I Brees Hall, what... the wide receiver position is stacked with talent. And there's going to be guys, exactly. a, a slew of receivers jumping Pickens this offseason in ADP and ranking. Yeah, exactly. What I was going to, what I was going to say is that, you know, this, I, I want to give it, I mean, obviously the time to not, to not buy, to buy is not right now after he has this massive game, but maybe once the dust settles a little bit this off season, if we, if we look at, we kind of read the tea leaves and look at what the team's doing this off season, are they making an effort to, uh, to hire a, a, an offensive coordinator that is going to, you know, highlight his talents instead of, you know, we finally got rid of Matt Canada. And, and honestly, I, I thought that would make a big difference in the offense, but he's still been doing a lot of the same stuff where he's out there just running clear out patterns down the field. Uh, mm -hmm. Even with, I, I forget the, I forget the interim guy's name off the top of my head, but the offense didn't change as much as I thought. So uh, it, he's probably just going to be mostly this frustrating player. You know, it, like Deontay is the one who's working the short and intermediate areas of the field with, with, with bad fire and out there doing uh, similar things uh, 
you know, sorry, Deontay on the outside and, and Fryermuth on in the middle of the field. And, and he should be able to draw those deeper targets downfield, but it, it's a combination between the, the court offensive coordinator and the, the lack of, you know, elite talent at the quarterbacks for his position. So I think at least one of those two things need to get fixed. And if both, both get fixed, then we could truly see his, his, his ceiling, emerge but right now i think these are the kind of spike weeks we get with a lot of disappointment in between steelers running back coach eddie faulkner was the name that alluded That's you the there one. uh yeah interim offensive coordinator the offense has slightly turned a corner since canada's release the running game has gotten better um the injuries at quarterback or, or the the um, roulette at quarterback going back and forth between this guy certainly hasn't helped Pickens, but he showed again that he has that downfield ability. If we switch things up to, to wide receiver 36, you buy in or selling him in a, as a top 36 off season dynasty wide receiver. I think I'm buying him right there. I actually, I did look it up. I have him at wide receiver 35 currently. So yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm buying at that price. Those rookies are going to push him down the board. I, I think he's a sell. Yeah, for but, me. I, yeah, I'm but God, you know, him. But guys like Terry McLaurin, who I've slightly ranked ahead of him, Calvin Ridley, Christian Watson, sure. Cooper Cup's probably going to fall. You know, I think Amari Cooper I have ahead of him right now. So I think these guys are going to – you're certainly going to get some influx of talent. We always like those young rookie wide receivers in like the second and third round of even startup drafts, right? But I, I still think there's enough room for him to move maybe into the middle of that wide receiver three range. Let's call it pick 30, 30 overall for most wide receivers. I think I'm probably comfortable with that. No, oh, please, Price. You're not. You're not moving Cooper Cup below George Pickens. Be real. <laughs> let's go to let's uh, go to Cooper Cup's teammate. Uh, let's talk about Puka Nakua. <laughs> Listen to this stat: at least seven targets in every game this season. And there were games so without insane. Matthew Stafford. That's wild. Ninety-six catches, thirteen hundred and twenty-seven yards, five touchdowns on one hundred and forty-six targets on the year, and he's still got a couple games to go. Another huge game in Week Sixteen for Puka versus the Saints. Nine catches, 164 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. That's 21.4, or excuse me, 31.4 fantasy points. Uh, he's sharing the spotlight with Cup and appears to be the perfect match with Matthew Stafford, who I don't know if he found a DeLorean or what, but that guy looks pretty good back there. He's he's so calm in the pocket and delivers the football on time so well. Perfect fit in that Rams offense and a perfect fit with Puka. Currently the wide receiver 15 in December ADP at 22 overall. So Matt, are you buying or selling Puka as a second round startup pick this off season? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely buying that for sure. Um, yeah, I, you got to buy him. <laughs> it's, I mean, Stafford looks better than he did during the Super Bowl winning season. A couple of, a couple of years ago. Agreed. Uh, I don't know what happened with that elbow surgery in the off season. Um, but, it, and I was honestly at the beginning of the year, I was like, mm, maybe this is Stafford's last year, but I don't think so now. I think we're going to see, see at least a couple more seasons of that. You know, maybe Cooper Cup fades as he enters his early 30s. I don't know, but I, I agree with you. These two are perfectly matched with or without Cup. Puka is, is getting it done. And I mean, they're not exactly a carbon copy of each other, but they are very, uh, uh, specific similarities about their game, especially their versatility, and they can use both of them interchangeably at any wide receiver position in the backfield on jet sweeps. They're doing all of this stuff, and the ability to have two weapons like that that are so versatile uh, is is a big boon for Matthew Stafford. So yeah, I mean, you may have games where Cup goes off and, and Puka doesn't, and vice versa. But uh, on the whole, I think you're going to be happy with with spending that pick on this guy. Consistency, you know, he's yeah. he's 
he's just like Amon Ra. He just gets peppered with yep. targets every single week. And he's got a couple veterans above him in ADP, including Tyreek Hill at 16 overall and Stefan Diggs at 24. I expect him to jump both those guys. So even if oh. even if Marvin Harrison jumps into the second round and is right into contention, that puts Puka as a top seven or eight wide receiver justly. We he he certainly deserves that. And I'm taking him in the second round if I can get him in a single quarterback startup. Uh, let's pivot to another wide receiver. This one hasn't been nearly as consistent. It's T. Higgins. Back-to-back big games as the Bengals wide receiver one for T. Five for 140 and a touchdown on eight targets versus Pittsburgh on Saturday. Of course, he went four for 61 and two touchdowns on eight targets, including that that like crazy reach for the pylon against the Vikings a week ago. Uh, so back-to-back top 12 wide receiver performances after such a lackluster season rumors say he's unlikely to return to Cincinnati next season, Matt and whispers around the league are that he could land one of the mega contracts on the open market to be some teams wide receiver one. Now that could land you in a great place like Kansas city could also land you in not so great a place like maybe Carolina or something like that to be Bryce Young's wide receiver one. So he's currently wide receiver 23, 34 overall in December ADP. So are you buying or selling T Higgins as a top 15 fantasy wide receiver in 2023? I, I think I have to say I'm selling. I have him at wide receiver 17 currently. I mean, I could, I could, I, there's definitely players ahead of him that I could move, move behind him at this point, I think, but it, it's close, right? I think, I think you're kind of playing a little bit of, of roulette here, a little, you're gambling a little bit of that. He's going to land in a good spot. Uh, but you know, he's he, if if he lands in a spot where he's the only only game in town, that's the, also the kind of I, I think like if he goes, I don't know, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know the the cap situation off the top of my head. I don't know if they have the capital to make that happen. But if he went to Carolina, for example, and was the the, the show in town uh, with Bryce Young, I feel like that's that's a situation that could work out. DJ, but I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. we've seen uh, that a little, little, little different than DJ Moore, but <laughs> of course, um, yeah. You know, uh, but you know, um, I, I, I just I don't want to gamble right now. You know, I, I think, yeah, I think I want to wait until I know where he's going to land before I would invest in in him. And I mean, he's going, he's you can't get him for a first. I don't think anybody's selling him for a first or second. He's a two first kind of player, and like Ryan always says, what else can you get for that price? Yeah, I. I, I'm selling as a top 15 fantasy wide receiver in 2023 for you stole the words out of my mouth. I just am not willing to gamble that right now. Yeah. So yeah. he could absolutely put up top 15 numbers. I could see him Easily. finishing 2023 as a wide receiver one in any of those absolutely. situations. I could also see him disappointing just a little bit finishing as the wide receiver 25. And if you overinvest this off season, a guy like Higgins, you're, you could regret it. So I'm going to wait and see where he lands and then make a reaction. Then if it's too late, then it's too late. Uh, I'll try something else with those first round picks on the trade market. Last guy we want to talk about, big performance from Derek Henry. He he burned you last week, but he's trying his best to win Dynasty Managers one more title, Matt, or at least the ones that got a bye week last week. <laughs> 19 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. Also caught one pass for 11 yards and threw one pass for 12 and a passing score. So almost 24 fantasy points in week 16. He's going to help me advance in one league and maybe a second league as well. King Henry turns 30 next week, Matt. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. It seems like the writing is, is written on the wall in like permanent ink, right? 
Currently the RB29 in ADP at 95 overall. So will you be buying, selling, or holding him for a second rounder this offseason on a contending roster? He's he's like the ultimate hold, I think. Like Ryan used to joke, I don't know if he said it this year, but he used to say no matter what, Henry's always worth a first, right? Like he used to all like that was that that was the price for Henry. And if, and if honestly it probably still is because you you know the ceiling. And, you know, we speculated if he was to move on this season, like some of the dream scenarios that he could end up on, it's going to be the same thing ne- the, this coming off season, right? If he lands in a, in an incredible spot, if he, t- if he, if he, if he somehow lands in, in Philly or, or Kansas city or uh, whoever, or whoever the next, you know, up and coming offense is going to be next season. Like you could like, what if, what if, what if Cincinnati replaced Joe Mixon with him? You know, like, like yeah. there are scenarios where King Henry can be absolutely be a smash play next year. Um, so I just don't think I want to let him go for a second, but at the same time, I'm, I don't think I'm going to buy him for that either. So he's probably just going to be one of these players that rides off into the sunset on your roster. Um, at least for me anyway, I just, either way, it doesn't feel like a good trade I, getting the second or, or, or sending him a, or, or, uh, uh, sending away the second for him. Neither of those things feel really good to me. I've. I've had so I've won a lot of championships on the back of Derrick Henry and it might win another one. Who knows here? I'm going to sell him for the second. I'm, I'm ready to move on that, that 30 year old, these guys that change teams late in their career, it just doesn't feel like it ever really works out for fantasy managers. Um, if it's like easily the 212, I'm getting edged out. If it's the 212, like 212, I'm, I'm probably, like... if it's like a random 25 second, I think I'm taking that. If it could be the 201, so... it could be the 212. Okay. I, I, I'm just thinking like from personal experience, like this, just this past week, I had an opportunity to sell in an auction league. So it's a little bit different. Um, but you know, like in an auction format where you're getting, you know, not that much money for it and, and, and you don't have a ton of other draft capital. Like I, I had a scenario where I, where I had like several offers for Joe Mixon in a league that I got eliminated from last week and I didn't pull the trigger on it. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's completely wrong. It just felt like the two point twelve, the two twelve, or something in an auction format. Yeah. Like, like, can so I get a running line, back two performance out of them? You know, like, if I get a running back two performance, then like, why yeah, you, you might, and you you might get enough of them in one season to to outperform whatever you pick in the second round, especially late. But right. if you're if you're in a typical rookie draft this off season, and somebody offers you the two oh eight, are you taking it for Henry? I think. I think that's the kind of move that you can make on the clock. You know, like if a player slips, right. you're like, okay, yeah, I don't really want to get rid of Henry, you, are but are I want to get deal it. though. Where's, where's the line for you? What, at what point are you taking the draft pick? What, what pick in the draft? I think probably that mid second range, it, it, but again, you know, yeah. players slip. Like if, like if, if I was in a scenario, like, and I mean, we, we did it last week with the rookies, right? Like if, if Puka Nakua slipped to the fourth round, maybe I'm sending Puka, maybe I'm sending Derek Henry for a fourth rounder. If it's a player that I really, really want to get on my team, like Puka Nakua, you know, it just, it's very, it's very um, uh, fluid, I think with players of this yeah, ilk. You're right. And you can that think is of good Mario advice. In there too. If you're going to sell Derek Henry, it's good advice to wait until you get the landing spot, get more information. And then maybe draft day is the way to, to the time to move them. And remember, we're entering that part of the bell curve for dynasty value where contenders value goes to the bottom, right? We're yeah. going into the season where these guys are going to be worth their absolutely. So even if he's still in Tennessee, when we get to the start of next season, I think you probably will be able to get get more for him then than you will be right here at the end of the season. Good advice. That's probably true of Amari Cooper, who we also talked yeah. about in this segment. Let's get to our stretch chat segment. 
Strat Chat. Yeah, it feels like I learn a couple of lessons every year, Matt, when it comes to how to build dynasty rosters, how to compete for dynasty championships. And so we thought with the season wrapping up, we'd, we'd bring out one or two things that we learned this year that are that's going to change how we do things going forward. I want to kick things off here. My first one, Matt, is one that you helped me learn, actually. It's, it's small wide receivers. They're becoming far more accepted by NFL teams and coaches. And dynasty managers should really follow their lead and start to build around guys like Tank Dell. Of course, Dell is the first one that pops into your head, right? Huge performance uh, in his rookie season uh, as a third round draft pick, just 5'8", 165, I think, but had those massive seasons at uh, in college, goes to the Texans and quickly becomes that number one guy. He's not the only one, though. Jordan Addison entered the league at yep. just 173 pounds. He was a first-round pick and looks like a potential star down the road. Um, even had some superstar-type games as a rookie when Justin Jefferson wasn't available for the Vikings. He did it without a strong quarterback as well. And then if you want to even go down a little bit farther, Josh Downs, a slight receiver, plays a lot of slot for the Colts and he's had some, some nice games for the Colts here as a rookie. These guys are all small downs, just 171 pounds. I questioned all of these guys for different reasons. When it came draft time, I, I let it slide with Jordan Addison because I love what he put on film and the skill set. I thought draft capital was a reason to push tank Dell down my draft board. That was obviously a mistake. And I, didn't ignore Josh Downs, but I had him probably ranked just outside of the first round in super flex leagues, even or even in single quarterback leagues sometimes. And that was just a pick or two behind where I would have taken somebody gets him right in front of me. Those were all three mistakes for me. And I think I need to take that slight, small framed wide receiver off my red flag list when I look at draft prospects moving forward. Yeah, and I I actually was going to put something similar to this down, so I'm uh, on on my list. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. I want to extend that out to really every position, honestly, sure. not just wide receiver. That's like fair. we see, we we are in the air. I mean, we point out just two running backs this year with Gibbs and and, and Devon Achan, right? Like two backs that are sub 200 pounds, and we have seen a long history of backs that have that size uh, disappoint in the league. Um, so I think we should extend it out to other positions. We, we are in an era in the NFL that is very unlike the era that you and I grew, grew up in, where we had these coaches that just, they, they were hired for their system. And no matter what, the players that they take are going to fit into their system no matter what. We have innovative yeah. coaches now in the NFL that are asking players, that are looking at players and what they're good at, and only asking them to do the things that they are good at. Uh, and that has changed the NFL for the better. And it's opened up so many more opportunities for these guys that in the past that we have called undersized. So yes, a hundred percent for wide receivers. In fact, I mean, who were the big wide receivers in this class? Uh, Tillman, uh, Mingo, like these, I mean, sure. I still have hope for those guys, uh, but you know, it's Quentin Johnston. Geez, that is the, the biggest miss of all. Right. I mean, tank Dell, we, we talked about it when we were doing the review of, of him, he, uh, actually have it right here. He was seven of 13 on contested catches. So over 50% versus Quentin Johnson, who was eight of 23 at, you know, 60 pounds heavier. So this, mm. this is, doesn't matter as much anymore. You have to like consider the individual player, uh, the specific player, the system that they were in. And if what they are doing 
can translate to the NFL despite that size. And if it does, then who cares? If they're getting open, like Tank Dell is open every single route, like it just, it just, I just don't think it matters. Maybe it matters from an injury perspective. If you're someone who's worried about injuries all the time, I just don't play that way. And uh, I think that's really the only thing you can, you can really, really point at for size at this point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. We're going to do it this coming off season again. We're going to hear from so-called draft experts and dynasty experts that say this guy's too small. Like Malik Neighbors from LSU is listed by them at six foot, two hundred pounds. Well, if he's six feet tall, then I'm six eight, Matt, because he's he's not <laughs> that tall. Um, there's also well, the 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 speedster from Texas, Xavier Worthy. Listed at 6'1", 172. And that must be dripping wet because he is a rail. Uh, rail That's Devontae Smith, right? That's Devontae Smith. And he's an exciting player. These types of players, we need to be open-minded and look at them through the lens of it being possible that that these guys can be number one receivers at, at with smaller stature. We've, we've seen too many of them play so well at this point that that just can't be a red flag anymore. So I'm not going to allow it to be for me. I think, I think size now is, is, I think it's fine to be like a tiebreaker. Like if you like two guys the same, you think two guys are equally talented and one guy's 20 pounds heavier. uh, Okay. But like to completely disregard to write off players like this is, is a catastrophic mistake. I'd argue. Do you have a dynasty new year's resolution to bring to us? I actually have one I want to share. I can't remember if it was last year or a couple of years ago, um, but I brought one to the table and I didn't really listen to myself, (laughs) my own advice really until, until this season. And that is especially in leagues with trade deadline, without trade trade deadlines, do not sell your picks just to get the guy for this week. And I had, like I mentioned a little bit before, I had opportunities to pay too much, in my opinion, you know, maybe not too much, uh, but in my opinion, too much for guys like Stephon Diggs, uh, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, all of those guys at the end of the season. And I did in in past years, I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to spot to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to pay the the iron price and I'm going to do it. But this year I didn't do it. And, uh, you know, it may not work out. uh, you know, it might, might not result in a championship, but if I had paid two first for Stefan Diggs, you know, a couple of days ago, I would be real, real upset at myself, especially when you run into, you, you make that move and then it compounds it when you run into uh, a team like, uh, like with Amari Cooper this week, right? So you, you, you lose your two first round picks, you didn't advance and now you're sitting here holding the bag with a player that's going to be 31 years old. And that just feels terrible. So, uh, I didn't take my advice in the past, but I did this year. So I'm proud of myself for that. Um, that's for this great, year. That's a great resolution. I want to comment on that quickly because I had a yeah. in one of Ryan's kitchen sink leagues. I had a similar situation come up. We we don't have a trade deadline there. I was offered some future stuff and Tyler Lockett, and I needed a receiver bad. I needed a start in the opening round of the playoffs. Of course, that those playoffs start a little bit early. There were still buys going on, so I was missing a few players on a championship contender. And thought I need to get through this week. I, I traded Isaiah Likely on a con on a, on a longer term contract for a week of of Lockett, who didn't perform. I lost and was eliminated from the playoffs. And now I'm looking at my roster, thinking, "Man, it'd be nice <laughs> to have that young tight end." And I, it didn't feel good then. It certainly didn't feel good after the weekend when I had lost. And it feels even worse now that you brought it up. I learned the same lesson. <laughs> and I hope everybody else learns it from us. Yeah. And I think, uh, 
man, I, I really struggled to come up with one for this year. So I don't feel, feel, feel great about, about this, but I, I think that, I think my new new year's resolution is, is that if I'm not having a good time in a league, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bail. You know, like I I really, I really, really hate to leave. I I almost never do this. I almost never do this where like you've, you've built up a contender. It didn't work out. You probably don't have a ton of draft capital and the team is probably, you know, in not so great shape for the next, the next manager that comes in. But you know, that's, it's just going to happen in leagues, right? So if you're not, if you're not having a good time, whether it's because you're, you you thought you were playing a new league and with uh, new settings that you never played in before, um, I have one of those that I'm thinking about, about ditching this off season, but, uh, we'll see, um, and, you know, whether you don't like the people, whether it's not active enough, whatever it is, like we play this game for, for, for fun. And if the, the, if it's not a match for you, just, just move on. You know, there's a ton of leagues out there and, and, and speaking for myself as a commissioner, maybe for you too, Dan, I don't know. I actually, I actually don't mind it when people leave. I, I I don't like it when it's short notice right before there's a big event happening, like a dispersal or a rookie draft, draft excuse me, or, or whatever. But like, otherwise, like I really don't mind it. And I think that a lot of managers feel bad for leaving leagues. So just don't feel bad for leaving leagues. It, it, it injects activity to into a league when a new manager comes it, now you're getting a new manager and that's excited to build that team, to be a part of this league. Uh, so I'm just I'm not going to feel bad about leaving leagues anymore. That's my resolution for this offseason. It's an excellent one and I agree completely. Most most commissioners out there don't mind when you leave a league. In fact, they prefer it because it means you're not enjoying it or you're not giving the effort that the league yep. uh deserves. So, I, I that's a great resolution, certainly something I've done in the past. Here over the last 3 or 4 years, I've started to walk away from leagues that I just don't enjoy. And then really focus on the leagues that I really enjoy. In fact, yep. I, I've started some leagues because of it to get more of that kind of action. I know you do the same with your vampire leagues and the different setups that you do as well. If you really like something, go get it. Go make that happen for yourself. And that means leaving leaving some leagues at some point. Um, my last resolution here, Matt, is going to be regarding the running back position. And for me, it's, it's really a tale as old as time that you can... You don't have to build around the running back position. You can do that later when you're contending. That's something we talk about regularly, right? Add the running back last to that championship puzzle. And while that's something that I have done for a long time, something I'm adding to that now moving forward is to build depth through the through backup NFL running backs. There's so many this year that have made an impact, and it feels to me like it's been so clear when they got that opportunity that you want that guy on your team. In the offseason, you could get guys like Jerome Ford or even Chuba Hubbard or Zach Moss or Devin Singletary for almost nothing. They were throw-ins to trades. And to add those on rosters, we play in a lot of leagues where you can roster 25, even 30, 35 players. If you can add Zach Moss as the last guy on your bench and then maybe it works out, that seems to be a place where I don't want seven or eight guys at that position, even with 25-man rosters. I want nine or 10, maybe even 11 players at the running back position, and I want to collect guys that could be valuable. The list really goes on and on. Gus Edwards has been great for fantasy, uh, and it's all been because of touchdowns, but he was almost free this offseason. Jalen Warren, while he was maybe a little bit higher, he's come through for us with consistent 10, 11, 12, 13, point fantasy weeks. 
Um, and some veterans do the same thing. Zeke comes to mind for sure. So I want to, I want to build depth at the position through those, those really, really cheap guys. Sure. It didn't work out for, for a lot of other, uh, backup running backs. I, I know that I had, um, Rico Dowdle on a lot of teams. I never got to start him, but for every Rico Dowdle, there is a Zach Moss. It feels like, so I want to continue to try to try to add to the back end of my bench through backup running backs who are free. I think that's really sharp. And uh, I gosh, I, I can't remember who said it off the top, but maybe like someone like Peter Howard or somebody, but they said this off the, the, some at some point this season that we should be not to stop like stacking those super deep wide receivers, because it's just not the same when a, when a wide receiver gets injured and then somebody steps up to fill in the place, it just doesn't right. work the same as the running back position. So if you have six or seven, whatever, just if you've, if you've gone a zero running back build, or even if, if it's not even really a true zero running back build, uh, but like if you have six, like five, six, just really strong wide receivers, fill the rest of your bench with those running backs. Like you just mentioned, get yourself 10 backup running backs. Cause those are the ones that are going to step up. And if they don't provide value to your team in terms of production, then they're going to provide value to your team by shipping those to other people that need those running backs. So I'm going to try to do that. I don't know if I'm going to join any new startups this, 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 this next, next year or not. I finally, finally got myself down to a, a good, good number of leagues. Um, but if I do, I want to try that strategy out where I, you know, maybe I just hammer wide receivers for the first six rounds, six, seven, eight rounds, something yeah. like that. And then the back end of the draft fade, all of those, those roster clogger type wide receivers and just stack running backs for, you know, six, seven, eight rounds on the back half of your draft. Uh, so yeah, I like that quite a bit. That's a good one. You know, I, I mentioned, I missed on Rico Dowdle, I, you know, I, I, but I, I think I traded for Kyron Williams really in missed. one league. I didn't really miss. I never got to play him and maybe he'll stay on my roster through next year. You know, we'll see what happens. But again, for every guy like that, there is a Kyron Williams who I got added to a trade in the off season for almost nothing. And he became my running back one. So the idea of losing Derrick Henry after this season on that roster, it doesn't feel so bad because Kyron was almost free. You mentioned that you can do it in the startup. That's a great place to to try to build around this. I think it's so easy to do it through the trade market as well. Get a conversation yep. going with a team with another manager, and try to get that player thrown in. It's usually a low end option. Pick a backup running back. For years, for me, it's been Deontay Foreman. I've had him added to so many trades, and <laughs> just had him for free. And it feels like I get to start him three times a year. Uh, yep. And those are three free starts, really. Um. I guess I guess that about does it. Do you have any any regular New Year's resolutions, Matt? Anything that has worked out for you in the past, or or that you're going to do this year? Um, you know, I I kind of got away from from reading this year. You know, stuff not fantasy football related, books books and sure. such. Um, so I'm going to try to do a lot more of that this year. There's several like kind of nonfiction, like especially like finance style books that I've been been think, thinking of reading, and I think I want to want to carve out some time for that so uh and then of course good uh, personal one and then of course uh be be better to to family and friends and all that not that i'm bad I, I think i'm a pretty good friend and boyfriend and all that kind of stuff but you know you can always be you can always be better especially when there's not football going on mine mine is similar there with family and friends mine's uh you know it's such a busy busy life that everybody lives and i'm Mine is specific to my, I want to spend more time with my wife, one-on-one -on -one stuff, yeah, all stuff definitely. with kids, so much, so much extra stuff to go do. 
And when we get to sit on the couch and just watch TV, that's awesome. So I want to do that more, uh, try to carve out time every single week. I encourage you all to make New Year's resolutions, whether they be fantasy football related, dynasty related, or in your personal life as well. We're looking forward to having Ryan back next week uh, to, I guess, I guess we'll be kicking off 2024 uh, in style with episode 600 of the DLF Dynasty podcast. For Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.